0: Thanks so much for listening. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free, it is weekly, it's over at It slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at It slash subscribe. Welcome to episode 196 of How I Built It. This episode is brought to you by Yes Please Coffee, iThemes, and Hostinger. And today I'm talking to Westina Hughes. Westina Hughes is an assistant regional planner for the Maryland Department of Transportation. But she's not coming to us in that capacity. She's not representing the Maryland DOT today. She's coming to us as a member of the WordPress community. And I am so excited to share her story with you. Throughout this interview, we talked about all sorts of things, life, WordPress, the New Jersey Transit, We were able to bond over Secaucus Junction, which is not something I ever thought I would say, but it all comes back to the main takeaway for this episode. I just made myself laugh. Sorry about that. It all comes back to the main takeaway for this episode, writing about what you know and creating opportunities to share your insight. That's exactly what Westina did here. This was such a fun conversation and we covered A lot of ground. I enjoyed it, and I know you will too. So uh, let's not delay any further. Let's get into the episode. But first, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Yes, Please Coffee. You've heard me talk about them all summer long, and now we're into the fall. Upgrade your morning with Yes, Please Yes, please is a fantastic coffee subscription. Uh, So they send freshly roasted beans to your door. And as somebody who's been using it for about six months now, maybe five months, uh, I can say that if this works like gangbusters, coffee just shows up to my door. I have not had to worry about buying coffee in a long time and and You know, my wife and I all do that because I have like a little analysis paralysis with coffee. I like to try new coffee. Um, So I usually tell her not to get it from the grocery store. I want to order some. uh, And sometimes we'll run out. Maybe we had a party. Maybe we didn't order enough. Maybe we made like two pots one day instead of the normal one pot. But uh, we were running out of coffee. I don't have to worry about that with Yes, Please. They tick all the boxes because not only do they send me a new bag every week uh, but each week I get to try a new blend of flavors so it helps me mix it up a little bit I don't have to say oh I really want to try a new kind of coffee I get a new kind of coffee every week it's generally on the lighter side there are hints of, of fruit in a lot of them and I'm not like a coffee expert but uh, that's what I have detected so uh, I love it. I've been loving Yes Please Coffee for, uh, again, all summer. It helped me get through uh, finishing up my my HTML book. It helped me get through uh, two LinkedIn learning courses that I recorded. And it has helped me stay awake since the birth of my son, Lewis. So, if you are ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up for Yes Please Coffee today. You can head over to howibuilt.it/yes and use the code HIBI for 5 bucks off your first shipment in your subscription. And don't worry, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, that is howibuilt.it/yes. And use the code H-I-B-I. For $5 off, fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash yes. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Winstina Hughes. She is an assistant regional planner At the Maryland Department of Transportation. But today she is coming to us as a member of the WordPress community. Now, throughout this season, we have been talking all about uh, creating content. But I get a lot of questions on how do I stay consistent? How do I know what to write about? Well, Winstina is going to tell us all about that today. We're going to be talking about writing what you know and ways to create opportunities to share your insight. Wincena, how are you today?
1: Um, I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. I'm so excited that we got to do this. I think we started speaking in something like July, and then my son was born, and we had different uh, conflicts of schedule, so I'm glad that we're getting together finally.
1: Yeah, my mom was visiting the second time we scheduled um, to talk, and um, it's always great when mom's here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We finally... uh, my parents came up to visit a few times. Um, You know, my son was was born in July. And so it's always nice to see see them. And, you know, they get quality time with the grandkids too. So that's awesome. Um, Yeah. But thank you for joining me today. Uh, So we are going to be talking about kind of writing about what you know and, and opportunities and things like that. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: So, my name is Wencina, as you said, um, and my family immigrated from Sierra Leone, West Africa, and I grew up in Maplewood, New Jersey. Um, And the writing that we're touching on um, definitely uh, is something that um, I learned when I was um, a student at Rutgers. um, And when I graduated and I returned home, I started writing about um, what I'd studied in college and applied it really to the to the town that I grew up, which is Maplewood. Um, and so just a little bit more about me, I created my first WordPress blog for a geographic information systems assignment, which is GIS for short. Um, and for that assignment, I mapped public health data um, that my professor uh, wanted us to do you know, analysis on. And our final project was to, um, to add, uh, our maps to a blog and add some content to it and, um, provide it to him, you know, so that he could see, uh, how we um how we mapped the data what we understood about the analysis and also um you know the the ideas that we communicated and so that was the first time that I used um a wordpress blog and it was actually a wordpress.com bo- blog um and that's you know that's how it started and so i went from that gis assignment to um creating a, a blog on community development and suburban planning in maplewood wow that's
0: fantastic, and and since then you've participated in uh, multiple WordCamps, right? I came across you because you spoke at WordCamp US several times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I have spoken at several WordCamps. I started off speaking at WordCamp New York City, um, and I was encouraged to uh, to speak by um, Kevin Cristiano. He's Awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, and Kevin was very encouraging, and um, Steve Bruner, uh, who leads um, WordCamp, is, well, he's led WordCamp before, but um, he also leads WordPress New York City Meetup. Um, him, Kevin, Rindy, um, um, Dana. The, you know, they—they're all at the time that I applied to speak at New York City. They were all um, co-organizers. For um, WordPress New York City meetup, and so I um, I told my story of of how my blog started and um, and just the experiences that came from it, and it just so happened that WordCamp US was coming up next, and I had an opportunity to to share my experience, um, you know, writing um, and you know, I spoke at that first WordCamp and WordCamp US, that was the inaugural one. It was, it was amazing to have, just to be a part of that. Um, It was just unexpected and it was amazing. And then, you know, subsequently I've spoken at other WordCamps. Yeah. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I remember that inaugural WordCamp US, it was great. Um, I was living in Scranton, Pennsylvania at the time. So it was a, a pretty easy two-hour drive for me to get to uh, to Philadelphia.
1: It was awesome. All I had to do was like jump on New Jersey Transit and um, take SEPTA, and then you know into Philadelphia Penn Station, and then just make my way to um, where it was at. And so just the proximity to where I lived made it possible. Cause of course I had like a student budget, <laughs> travel budget,
0: <laughs> which yeah. was like
1: tapped <laughs> with yep. New Jersey Transit and SEPTA. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh awesome. Well I'm glad that worked out. And that's that's great. I will be sure to link in the show notes to a few of your WordCamp talks. Uh, the show notes will be over at howibuilt.it um and that's just one of the many ways that you've been able to share your experience but when i when i first reached out um one of the reasons i i wanted to talk to you was uh, because you have been published in newspapers like the new york times um if you're willing are, can you share a little bit of that experience and and how you were able to get published in the new york times and things like that
1: yes um i know that um oftentimes you know uh, people who are published online, at least I've read um, the people who are published online um, often go through the process of like submitting their work um, to like you know a media company and um, or reaching out to a website and and offering to create content for them. Um, and you know my my opportunity to write for the New York Times, is, you know, just kind of evolved from the blog that I'd started on suburban planning um, and community development in Maplewood, and it's like it's a really large title. And I always, you know, say this, you know, super um, condensed version of what the blog is. Essentially, it was a website where I wrote about real estate development, um, new developments that were happening in town. I wrote about. Um, uh, local, um, sports, uh, ultimate Frisbee started in Maplewood, New Jersey. Um, on, nice. yeah, I mean, it's, it was, pre- it's pretty cool. It started on, um, Columbia high school, um, you know, land <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the front or in the back of our school. And we have like this c- kind of sort of secret, but not really secret, um, game, ultimate Frisbee game that happens around the holiday season, um, and so I wrote about that and when I took pictures and, um, you know, it, it was just an opportunity for me to just like really talk about how, you know, um, all the different things that were happening in town and how it really ties together and um, within the, a context of, of planning. You know, um, we planning is something that happens and it's not until something's doesn't work um, that it's kind of like, well, who's responsible for that? <laughs> And then it's like, oh, okay, so someone must be working. Like, you know, why are there potholes, right? Like, who's going to fix those potholes? Um, Or, you know, what do you mean a Starbucks is coming to my community? Like, I don't want a Starbucks here. Um, And a pothole is something that um, a local transportation department or your public works, actually. That's what public works in a town um, or city, you know, um, is responsible for, fixing the roads. Um, And... Uh, Starbucks coming to your town that's actually an economic development initiative that your uh, mayor and city council or um, local um, you know um, council uh, is is you know responsible for because they're they're seeking ways of increasing your tax base so that you're paying less in property taxes or you're paying less money towards um, you know different types of in- um, amenities or services that are being offered within like your locality, and so it's not until these kind of these major noticeable things happen that um, the work that I do, you know, um, becomes—I uh, don't want to say evident, and I don't want to say visible, but it becomes people become aware of it. Yeah, I think that's the best mm-hmm. way of saying. Yeah, it. awareness. There's an awareness to to the fact that planners, you know, exist, um, and you know, that was, those are all the things that I, I talked about in, you know, on this website, on this wordpress.com site. And I happen to have been writing at a very, very interesting time. Um, it was a time where we were in the 2008 economic downturn um, and the New York Times was looking at creating local news, hyper-local news. And the town that I live in, Maplewood South orange happened to be one of the, um, one of the locations that the New York times was interested in, in doing local news. in, um, and so it's, it's like my site started before the New York times started. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I guess they were, they were creating their site and then they saw someone, you know, like writing (laughs) and, um, You know, and actually, the same time that the New York Times um, local started, a little bit before then, um, Patch started. So, I'm not Hmm. sure. Are you familiar with patch.com? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask about that, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So, Patch launched in my community, like, I think, I don't know if it was weeks before or a couple of weeks before, but I know I was writing. And Patch reached out to me and that threw me for a loop because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, who's Patch um, or what's Patch? And then um, some time went by and the New York Times reached out to me and I was also thrown for a loop. Um, and so I had to kind of step back and, you know, ask, you know, a, a mentor, you know, to, you know, it's like I, to, just to share what was happening and to ask for her advice. Um, and, you know, she's super supportive. And she just kind of you know guided me in the choices that I made, and um uh um you know and and just from talking to her uh I was you know I made the decision about who I was gonna write for, and then I also had a chance to you know speak with them to ensure I was writing um that my writing was focused on what it was before, like intentionally writing about planning issues locally, and so that's how um I started work. Well, yeah, I started working um, for the Times on the local.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hostinger. Hosting is a dime a dozen these days, with lots of places claiming to be optimized for platforms like WordPress while also being affordable. But they don't deliver on that promise. I know because I've tried a bunch of different hosting companies. But you know who does deliver? Hostinger does. I recently started using Hostinger for a personal project and I was blown away by how easy the setup was and how affordable their packages are. Just a few dollars a month. They offer the best price to quality ratio I've ever seen. And again, I've used a ton of hosting companies. Their dashboard is well designed and easy to use. They offer a free domain and SSL certification, and they're optimized for WordPress. Music to my ears. When I set up my site, I was happy to see they put some real thought into the WordPress onboarding and setup process. Buying a domain was easy. Then you pick the template you want to use and they set up the site for you in mere minutes. Plus, they use Astra for all of their site templates with an assist for Elementor. So I know the site will be fast. I think that is such a great idea and addition. Uh, And again, it shows that they really thought about what they're doing here. Plus, they have caching and you can very affordably add Cloudflare for a CDN. Between that and daily backups and being able to manage WordPress plugins without having to log into the WordPress dashboard, I was sold. So if you're looking for affordable hosting for your side project or business that's fast, secure, and optimized for WordPress, Hostinger is it. Head over to hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona to see what plans they offer. I recommend the business shared plan. And use the code Joe Casabona for an additional discount. That's hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona, H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com slash Joe Casabona. And use the code Joe Casabona at checkout. Thanks to Hostinger for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to it. I remember seeing a lot of hyperlocal things. I remember seeing patch and and, and so it's really cool that you got in on this New York Times initiative. I think that's fantastic. And uh your your blog, I mean that sounds uh that sounds like it was really interesting, right? Kind of talking about um things that affect people on a bigger scale, but like you said, we don't really understand the kind of how it all works, you know, like how the sausage is made, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like an that's an excellent way of putting it. Um it's it's true and it's not until you know, like you're sitting in class, um, and you're taking real estate, you know, development or affordable housing, or, you know, we literally have classes or the titles of these, you know, different areas, or you're taking a class in historic preservation, uh, which is a huge thing in New Jersey, um, where, you know, I, I grew up and where I went to school. Um, you know, it's like all these, these different topics, you know, it's like it happens, it starts happening on, on a larger scale and, and you start to see uh, the impacts or you start to observe changes. Um, and I, I just decided to write about it, you know, like I would go for walks and I would see like homes that were going up for, on foreclosure uh, because 2000, 2008 was a rough time.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely
1: you know, it was, it was rough. It was really sad as someone who's, you know, who was interested in, in housing and real estate development. I just walking around and seeing foreclosure signs just like really hit me. And, uh, and, um, just like in an emotional way. Right. Because I've mm-hmm. uh, housing, you know, issues always were like, they were my first, um, love in a sense. I don't know how to really describe it, you know, because, um, You need a place like shelter, right? Shelter is, like, fundamentally, like, the first, like, really, I want to say between eating, right, Mm -hmm. Um, finding food, having housing, and having transportation, like, you know— those three things are like the core of our existence. Like we need those three things. We need food, shelter, and we need transport, like either walking or biking or taking a train or a car. Um, and you know, housing, living in a, in a town like Maplewood and South Orange, we have, I was really interested in housing because, um, the town has such a wide economic, um, uh, it's very it's broad. You have, you know, middle class, you have upper middle class, and then you just have, you know, um, like really wealthy um homes and really wealthy residents. Um and, you know, I, I'm from like a working class background and the part of town that I'm from, um, you know, is is like a working class and we have like really small houses. And so I would, you know, walk from home to the bus stop or you know, walk from home to like middle school and in the process of walking from my house to the middle school, which is kind of like in downtown Maplewood, I would, I would see such a, a range of like houses. So initially, you know, that's where my, um, kind of like my interest, you know, uh, as a planner started. Um, and it was really, really hard to walk through my town in 2008 and see foreclosure signs, not just in the neighborhoods, you know, the working class part of, you know, South Orange Maplewood that I'm from, um, on the other side of Springfield Avenue. But I was also seeing like, um, you know, like, uh, much larger homes. And, um, like we're talking about upwards of, I want to say like 700,000, um, to like 500 600 700,000 to million dollar homes like just seeing how the 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 economic downturn was hurting everybody um and it was hard it was hard working walking around town and seeing that because that means like people's lives are affected right like these are human beings like these these homes and shelters represent something they represent people and um and I just decided to to start writing about like what I was seeing and I realized as I was writing about housing that I had to write about everything else because it ties together. And um, you know, that's that's what I was, you know, working with and that's, you know, um that's the space I was in and, and that's the evolution of, of my blog. You know, it started with something so close to my heart and then um kind of evolved into more of that. Um and I know i I might be rambling, but <laughs> I will say that in the process of Writing about real estate locally and housing and foreclosures, I was also um, paying attention because I was walking to transportation locally. Um, and what's so awesome about North Jersey, where I grew up, is uh, Springfield Avenue is really close to the part of town that I live in, and um, we have bus stops all along Springfield Avenue, which is like an arterial road. Um, and I would be able to. T- that's how I got to school, actually, to to call well yeah, I, towards the end of college, um, you know, sometimes just to go to classes sometimes and then definitely Mm. for graduate school, I would catch the bus into Penn station and then from, which is like a 45 minute ride. And then from Penn station, I'd catch the train to New Brunswick, um, which sometimes is like an hour and 20 or something. And so I would do that going and do that coming, um, and then I started to really like experience transportation from the walking to the to bikes and and trains and stuff. And then I started um like really appreciating the transportation system that we had, New Jersey Transit. And um and I started kind of evolving just from you know that 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 interest in, in housing and, and and shelter into that next basic um you know, component like that we need, right? Which is the ability to get around.
0: Yeah. So, so it sounds like, and I will say as somebody who grew up an hour and a half north of New York City uh, in Orange County, New York, um, the, the New Jersey transit, right? Cause I would essentially drive to, uh, well, I would either take the um, the New Jersey transit rail to Sequoia and then transfer Uh, Or I would just drive to Secaucus so I wouldn't have to deal with, uh, you know, driving in the city. And I would take the seven-minute train to Penn Station. Yeah, I know about that life. uh, I know about the Secaucus life.
1: (laughs) 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 You know, it's so funny you say that because I would, like, I would leave classes, um, like, our classes ended, like, around 9 p.m. And, Mm. um... I would like, I would leave class, get on New Jersey Transit. And sometimes in order for me to switch over to the Maplewood line, I would have to go to Secaucus. Like I would go from New yeah. Brunswick to Secaucus and then um, switch over sometimes. So, yeah, I've, I've been in that Secaucus. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah just hanging out there. Yeah. That's my wife and I. When we were dating, we went to see Wicked on Broadway. And, um, you know, we decided to like uh, get a hotel for the night. Cause I was like, it's either we get a hotel or like we book it from like 42nd to Penn station. Um, <laughs> so that we can like get the midnight train home. Yeah. Right. Because that was the
1: last train. That out of the last one going to you're chilling town. in Penn station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yep. chilling for a good, like five hours or something. I know yep, about that. Hanging out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, But that, so that's
0: incredibly interesting. And I love that story because, you know, I I think a lot of people have trouble figuring out what to write about at all. And um, it sounds like you, you decided to take what really interested you and then expand on it. Is that something that you could, you know, if if we were to kind of generalize what you did, how would you, how would you recommend that to listeners?
1: How would I recommend it? Um, So there are two parts of it, actually. Um. I would say, you know, find something that interests you, um, like a topic that you're really passionate about and write about it. Uh, The flip side also could be, though, um, write about what you're studying, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's a better time to understand um, what you dedicated a minimum four years of your life too. I mean, if you go for an associate's degree, it's like two years. If you go for um, a bachelor's, it's four, five now, because that's more realistic. (laughs) And then if you go for (laughs) a master's, you know, then minimum two. (laughs) But, you know, like you're spending all that time in school, you know, it's like, why not write about it? And that is where I would start off. Um, You know, if you're in school right now, Write about what you're learning about Um, because, you know, you have to write papers anyway at some point, (laughs) you know, like you're, you're, you gotta come up with a a research document or a term paper or something like some professor is going to be like, I need like 10 to 12 pages off of you (laughs) in like a week, (laughs) you know? So like, you know, why not take some time and develop that and and make it like palatable, right? Not just uh, in that academic writing that a professor is asking you for, but make it palatable where someone can read it and understand it. And then, you know, use that as content for a blog. Um, There's really like no telling, you know, what could come from that because, you know, so many of the sites that, you know, the New York Times, for example, like It's like, look at the different subjects that are covered there, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are transportation sections, there's real estate sections, there's like the economy, broadly speaking, like the national economy, even like internationally, Um, you know, uh, politics, you know, all those topics are like covered by like all these major newspapers. And so if you're in school and you're studying economics, you know, why not spend some time like creating something that's relevant on par with what a news outlet is, you know, um, has a a section dedicated to. And if you really want to be smart about it, um, you know, pay attention to the news cycle.
0: Yeah. I I think that I absolutely love that advice. Like when I was, um, you know, I freelanced all through college and... Uh, It wasn't, you know, I would have to do like class projects and I would, I would often try to pick a client project for the class project, right? Like I was getting paid to do school work, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, Smart. (laughs) Yeah. Smart. But I I think, you know, I think, you know, what better, you know, write about what you're studying. I think we could even expand that out, right? Because if you're, especially, you know, my audience is small business owners, people in the WordPress space. In, in web development, they're probably learning new skills all the time. I think that there is, uh, like you said, no better time to write about what you're learning about than like as you're learning it, right? Because then you can, you'll remember what it was like or you remember how you came to that conclusion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, you know, there's so many sites that you can go on right now to learn how to code, right? Um, you know, I want to learn how to code. It's something that's that's been on my list for the longest time. I remember, you know, when Matt said learn JavaScript deeply, right? Like I was yeah, there. Yeah. Um and I was like, you know, I saw him on stage and I and I heard what he said and I was like, you know, this is on my list when I graduate. You know, JavaScript is like is like up there. <laughs> You know, yeah. it was kind of like one, number one and number two. Well, finding a job was number one. <laughs> that was like, you know, yeah. important. Like, I, that's the reality, right? But JavaScript was like right underneath that, that reality. Um, and, you know, if if you're learning to code right now um, or you're learning a skill right now, it's a great time to to start a blog and to write about, you know, what you're learning, what you don't understand. Um, and there's there's really no telling, um how much more you'll develop in that skill., um, you know, and and there's probably someone who is going through that challenge too, right? Like at that time. And you know, um, if you share a link on on social media, you know, if you tweet it or on Facebook or you send it to like family and friends, you know, you could get the feedback that could help you further expand it or and kind of clean up your writing um so that it's like, you know, palatable for someone who just comes across to read it. And, you know, I mean that's a great way to come up with content. And there's no telling like what, you know, that could lead to as well. Um and I, I should take my own advice and write about JavaScript, right? <laughs> I should like <laughs> I should like I have a blog on my site. So I um, you know, I should I should like I should do that. <laughs> you know, that's
0: that's actually great because as an educator myself, it's sometimes uh, hard for me to put myself back in uh, the learner's shoes, right? It's, it's, a, it's something that teachers should struggle with. Um, and I just wrote a book um, called HTML and CSS, A Visual Quick Start Guide. It's nice. It's out now. Okay. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, but that's I've been writing Thank you. Uh, I've been writing HTML for 20 years. So I would write things and then my editor would be like, what does this mean to the beginner? And I'm like, right. I I need to, I need to remember that they might not know what like clear your cache means or whatever, you know? So these um, like these terms that are,
1: that are like these, and see, this is, this even falls in with planning, right? Like these industry terms that, you know, um, and someone that's within the field knows, but like a, someone who's new to the topic um has no clue what that term means and that is where it becoming palatable like you know stems yeah. from you know that that plain language you know explaining what like caching is and mm-hmm. and that's where i believe you'll draw more people you know like it's great that he was like what does this mean to the beginner because it's true you know yeah. um yeah that's awesome that like that you're I want to write a book
0: too, Joe. We should talk. Yeah, absolutely. uh, I'll tell you um, before we... uh, Oh, wow. We're like already coming up on time. But I'll tell you that I get the itch every few years and I'm I'm happy to have a a connection to a publisher now. Um, But it is... This one at least was a lot of work because we like started it like a few months before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit and then... Things got delayed and there was like a video course too. So it was, there was a lot. Um, I, I I was happy. You're we
1: committed to it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love it. And and in while I was doing it, I'll, I'll say, like my wife could probably tell you, like I said, like, never let me write another book again. But, uh, <laughs> but now that it's out and like I was holding it in my hands, I'm like, this is amazing. Well, so, that's the thing about I'm writing. Sure. Like,
1: yeah. just like you were like, I never want to write a book again. Like, I when I write too, I'm like, it's so hard. And that's something I wanted to like touch on too. Cause you asked me about it. Like writing yeah. doesn't come easily to me, you know, like because it's a question of like identifying the topic and then mm-hmm. physically committing, like sitting down to like write it, you know, it like that's time yeah. commitment. And it's so hard for me to like to, to do it and so when I do I'm really happy that I've like kind of forced myself to settle down and work on it it's so it sounds like that that point of creating for you is like you know it's intense and then like but it's rewarding right and and that's like that's what I feel like when I publish a post you know it's like man <laughs> that took a yeah. lot Um, but if I'm happy with it then I'm like I'm, I'm glad that I took the time to do that. Um, so I want to hear more about the more books, man. Tell me, I want to hear about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is, this is great. This'll, this is actually a teaser for a future episode that I'll be doing by myself about the book writing process. But, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's from, uh, and we're talking about writing here and, um, uh, for blog posts, I don't nec- I don't know if you outline your blog posts. I generally for my blog, I just kinda write quickly whatever comes to my mind. Um but uh for my book, of course, I like outlined the whole book and then each chapter.
1: Okay. You know, for a blog posts, I start off with a topic. Um mm-hmm. well actually my blog itself is the topic. And then the post is like a subtopic, right? Like that's how I see it. And um when I first started, you know, blogging, I just was writing. And then at some point I was like, hold up, man, like, you know, stay focused, you know, like you could write about everything that's happening in the world right now, but that is not the purpose of your blog, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's not the purpose of this blog. And so I kept reminding myself, this is a topic, suburban planning and community development in Maplewood, right? And so- if a news topic came up as wonderful as it was, it didn't fall under it. And so that helps me with the content that I create is reminding myself what the topic is, choosing a a subtopic that it's just simply appropriate, right? That's where, where I look at it or how I look at it. And then I start writing. Um, And then, you know, I'll look at it and if it makes sense, um, you know, then, it's something that I can, like, I can work with. Like, I can clean it up and, and publish it. Um, if it doesn't make sense, um, then, you know, why publish it, right? Like, and so yeah. that's, that's the flow of, of what it's like when, when, I, um, when I write um, blogs and stuff. And it's interesting because I haven't blogged for the longest time. And I had, like, I was having this itch, right? Like, this itch to, to, to do that. And, um, and finally I was like, come on. (laughs) So I, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I actually, um, added a blog to my personal website and, um, and I kind of saw this, just an extension of storytelling, right? Telling my story and, and it helps, you know, it helps to have an idea of, you know, where I'm going and. And that is how I was, that's what brought me to the point of, okay, let's, let me create a blog now. Cause I knew where I wanted to go with it. And then, um, and then I started writing and it was hard. I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna play with you. Like the yeah. first two posts were really hard. Um, but I got them out.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by iThemes. Uh, now, did you know? that 60% of website breaches occur because of a vulnerability that could have been patched but wasn't. That means that having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. And every day it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. In fact, just recently, there was a huge vulnerability uh, that affected something like a million sites uh, that was uh, overlooked or maybe just wasn't patched quick enough. And if you don't follow the WordPress news, then you wouldn't know, right? I get a bunch of WordPress newsletters. That's how I knew. But not everybody does that. Well, to solve that problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin. The iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities. That is the number one culprit of compromised WordPress websites. And let me tell you, I have been using iThemes Security Pro. On lots of my websites, they come included with uh, my hosting provider. And it does a lot more than just scan and patch vulnerabilities. It adds brute force protection. If somebody's trying to brute force my website, I get notifications of lockouts and IP addresses and things like that. It includes two-factor authentication and passwordless logins. And it even has compromised password protection as well as a whole lot more designed to keep you and your website safe and your customer's information safe. If you have an e-commerce website or just a website with user information on it, right? That's super important these days. So to sum up the iThemes Security Pro plugin designed to keep your website safe without you having to worry about it, checks for the latest vulnerabilities, patches them automatically, so you don't have to, and does a whole lot more. You can get this plugin by going over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes and uh, they'll give How I Built It customers 20% off with the code howibuiltit at checkout. That's howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect your WordPress site. Make sure to use howibuiltit at checkout and to get 20% off. All right. And now back to the show. We're coming up on time here. I think we covered pretty much all the, all the questions that I sent, even if I didn't explicitly ask them. Um, But I do have one question that I ask everybody. uh, And that's, do you have any trade secrets for us? And I don't mean like the codes, right? I mean, like, what is, what is something that you learned in your journey that, that you think is important for other people to know?
1: My textbooks are great sources <laughs> of information. Like I can confirm <laughs> definitions and stuff from my textbooks, right? Like I I will give you one example. I was writing this piece on walkability. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I mean, we've talked about walkability before and my post had walkability in it. But I was like, hold up. Is this even legitly a word, you know? Yeah. And I was torn. I was like, hold on. I know this is a word. I know walkability is like a thing, right? Like the ability to like literally like walk through your community and the streets and the sidewalks and stuff. And so I just stopped and I went and picked up a textbook and I was like, is this legitimately (laughs) like something? (laughs) Is it a word? And it was. And so that, that helped me. Right. Because it was one of my earlier posts. And so, you know, a trade secret is, you know, reach to the source or reach to a source that, you know, is correct or factual, you know, um, when you're writing something. And so we spend a lot of time searching online and I do that a lot, too. Uh, But because I centered it on what I studied in school, like I have books you know that are right here and i can like i can pull one of my like redevelopment books or community development books or you know uh community organizing books or you know um and and just look for definitions right and yeah that's really helpful because if you're writing for like a news outlet you know you want to make sure that the 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 language that you're using not only is it understandable like you were you were deciding too like can a beginner understand this You're also writing for, you know, a larger, like, network or a company or something. And what they publish, you know, that says something about them too. So if you're writing and you're not using the right, you know, um, uh, language within that field, that's a reflection. And so my trade secret is, you know, find some piece of... um, you know, like research document or book and, and use it.
0: I absolutely love that. And as you were talking, it like made me think about, you know, when I was, again, when I was writing my book, I have, I have a bookshelf of web development books that have helped me. And like a bunch of them were just like open on my desk all at the same time. And I'm like, am I using the right term here? What is like, cause you know, professionals have their colloquial terms that they use, Um, But if you are, if you are publishing, uh, you know, the written word for another source, uh, colloquial uh, definitions or like insider definitions are not always going to work. You want to teach people the right, the correct terms. And then, you know, so, yeah, one, a good example of this, uh, if this is a fun fact for you, this is a fun fact for me, um, is, is the idea of SSL certificates. Are you familiar with, with? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned through this process from my tech editor that technically SSL is the old terminology. And we're on something called TLS right now, which is like a better form of encryption. But nobody ever says, get your TLS certificate. They just say, get your SSL. It's because that's what we've always used.
1: And, it, and it's interesting. Well, and you said that we've always used it, right? So because yeah. um, I, I look at it too like I just installed an SSL certificate for one of the blogs I have and I really love now that they're plugins they're actually some plugins mm-hmm. that will just like do it for you Um, Yeah. And so it's like there was a point where you were paying web hosts to do it, you know, for actual certificate. And then um, you need someone to like kind of a, a developer to help you with it. And then at some point we have some WordPress plugins that you just install it and like it does it for you. And it's so true. Like, it's almost as if the concept is what they're communicating now with the word SSL. But as a professional writing about it, you have to know what the latest version is, and so what you put in your book can't just be like SSL, right? It has to be right. what the industry standard is, and that—that's yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly yeah. it.
0: Yep. So as a as a uh, the thrilling conclusion is that we decided to use SSL throughout the book because that is what everyone uses, but we had a note note at the beginning of the section, like we're going to say, and everybody, like if you Google SSL, this is what everybody says, but it's technically TLS. So that's something that I learned. I was very, because it was a learning process for me too, I guess, but it was, it was really cool. Um, Yeah. And interesting. That's
1: awesome. Um, Yeah. Because your readers are going to appreciate the fact that you know where we are with that particular piece of technology, right? Like
0: yeah yeah
1: and and the and the fact that you're mentioning it to them means that you've just given them a tip, right? That they can that they can connect to what it is they already know. Um, and yep. what I think also why that's also powerful too is like, not only are you defining something for them, but you're telling them about a stage that we're in, right? Like you're yeah. giving them almost like a futuristic understanding of where we are presently, and that's valuable.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. This has been fun. I feel like I got interviewed a little bit too, which is cool. (laughs) Don't say Um, that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it because I mean, longtime listeners of this show will know I could just talk forever. Um, But uh, Winstina, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. If people want to learn more, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on winstinahughes.com. It's really, it's a site that just shares more about Myself um, and the work that I've done. Um, sometimes you know it, it kind of it's sometimes it's short. You know, like there are parts of it that are short and things are just listed out. Um, you know, but that's just you know that's just really me. Um, you know, so you can find me on com. My Twitter handle is Planning Right, um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. And you can find me at a New York City uh, meetup webinar. Um, you know, those are really the places that, that you can find me. If we weren't in this COVID, you know, um, life right now, this, this experience, you would find me at a word camp a New York city word camp, you know, um, yep. but you can find me online in those, you know, those, um, three places. And, um, I want to thank you for reaching out, you know, like, um, I, I appreciate it. This isn't, this isn't, you know, something common for me. And, um, you know the the fact that you you know you took the time and you saw value in something that I've done, I um I really appreciate that and and I hope that you know I I, I answered um well with what you were <laughs> what you wanted to ask me.
0: Uh, well, absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I again I really appreciate your time. I think that we had a, a great conversation. Awesome. Uh, you listed several links that I will be sure to link over in the show notes for this episode over at howibuilt.it slash 196. I know the episode number already for this recording. So that's awesome. Uh, that's how, yeah. So uh, howibuilt.it slash 196.
1: I should also mention that I just did an episode for hallway chats as well. Um, oh, so, awesome. you know, shout out to Liam and Tara. Um, so that's, that's another place that, um, you know, that you can find me on hallway chats. Um, you know, but there aren't too many places. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, friends of the show, Liam and and Tara. Um, I will certainly link to your episode of Hallway Chats because that is. Uh, I don't know if I've talked too much about their show on this show, but uh, it's it's a a really they they look for, um, you know they they want to highlight different voices in the community and they do a, I think just a fantastic job of that. So. I'll be sure to link that in the show. notes. It was yeah. a
1: great experience. It was a pleasure talking to them. Um, it was my first time meeting Tara, and I've met Liam before. And he's just like he's just a phenomenal person. He's so warm and he's so kind. And um, and it was a great contributing to um, to hallway chats, like you know, and for him to even ask me um, to to do that. He actually asked if I would be interested in podcasting um, right after I graduated from graduate school, and I was like. um... Damn, I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my life right now. (laughs) It's like, I'm not sure. Is it WordPress or is it planning? Is it WordPress or planning? And so, yeah, so I'm very happy that, you know, I had a chance to like to contribute um, and and that he included me in that process.
0: Yep, that's awesome. I will share a fun fact about Liam on this show. Uh, He actually crashed my wedding. Uh, because we uh, we live in the same area, we both live in Chester County, PA now, and this is where my wife's from. So we got married at his church because my wife's church was being renovated. Okay. So he showed up for the the nuptials. Nice. So, um, yeah, it was really nice. He kind of came up and like gave me a pat on the back during communion, and uh, it was very, it was really great of him to show up. I really appreciated that. He, so. You
1: so you were in his church in his home, so he came and he like that's super yeah. cool during communion like yeah that's nice
0: yep absolutely so uh well this is great this was like a little bonus for the listeners but Winstina thank you for joining me today I really this was an absolute
1: pleasure oh thanks for having me Joe I appreciate that thanks so much to
0: Winstina for joining us today Again, I loved this conversation. It was, it was like candid and natural and it was just fantastic. And uh, I loved the information that she shared with us uh, where she talked about the things that she knew and providing so she provided a lot of backstory for what made her passionate. And I think that's so important. You need to be passionate about what you're doing because uh, if you don't care, then why should your readers or your listeners care? If I didn't care about this show, you would know. Uh, but at the top of the show, I made myself laugh, uh, and hopefully that showed you. I keep saying the word "show" a lot. That um, uh, that I I I still love this. It's my it's my favorite part of the day when I get to do these podcasts, and uh, so hopefully that translates. I'm saying all of this because when Stina talks about how She picked things to talk about that translate to her passion. And because of that, she was able to do things like write for the New York Times. Um, Her trade secret, which is like not, uh, not, not directly related, but I love this. My textbooks are a great source of information. It shows that she went to school for something that she loves and she's continuing to Do that in some way, shape, or form. I agree. I have textbooks on my bookshelf that I still reference. So, awesome. Uh, If you want to learn more about Winstina or anything that we talked about, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 196. And hey, while you're over there, sign up for the Build Something Weekly newsletter. You would get all of those takeaways in that email the email that's going out uh, next week as you listen to this as a matter of fact so these will that email will reinforce what we just talked about here uh, you'll also be able to find out more about our sponsors yes please coffee I've definitely had too much of that today because I'm a little bit wound up uh, I, theme Security and Hostinger definitely thank them the show would not be able to happen without them or without you dear listener thanks so much for listening uh, and until next time Get out there and build something.